0: This is Rocco, and we're listening to Linux for Everyone in the good old USA. Welcome home. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Linux for Everyone, the podcast about desktop Linux, open source software, and the community creating and enjoying it. And a big thanks to Rocco, a.k.a. Big Daddy Linux, for that awesome welcome home tag. If you'd like to hear your voice opening the show and representing your country, just follow Rocco's lead and send that over to Linux for Everyone at pm.me, and that can be in English or in your native language, your choice. This episode might be a little bit different because I've just had all these things swirling around in my head, and they're, they're kind of like bite-sized topics rather than really meaty things that you can sink your teeth into. So as I sit down and hit record, I'm not actually sure where this episode is is going to go. I don't have many show notes. I've got a couple uh, websites up to to talk about the discovery of the week and this week's song from the source. But other than that, this is going to be a bit of a freeform show, I think. This may come as a surprise to a lot of you because I talk so much about gaming, but I very rarely talk about me gaming. In reality, Normally, I am benchmarking games instead of actually enjoying games. Well, I'm having some withdrawals right now, and I just I, I just wanted to talk about it with someone. Last weekend, Sega released the closed beta test for Fantasy Star Online Two on the Xbox. Yes, I played it on Xbox, but it is coming to PC. It's it's coming to Steam when it launches this spring. And I'm I'm about 99% confident that it's going to run really well with Proton. So fingers crossed. But listen, the year was 2000. Oh my God, that was 20 years? Was that 20 years ago? It was 20 years ago. The year was 2000. And I had a Sega Dreamcast. And Fantasy Star Online was, I was addicted to it. I was in love with it. I adored that game. I put a thousand hours into that thing. It was such a breath of fresh air. It was like this MMO, but really like real-time action-oriented and kind of this, you know, this fantasy RPG, but with anime and sci-fi elements mixed into it. And the combat was so exciting. And it was just that you loved grinding. It was one of those games where you actually loved the grind and loved the loot chase. Uh, so even back in, I think it was 2016, way before um, I got into Linux and stuff, I discovered that there was a way to still play Fantasy Star Online Blue Burst, which was kind of the PC version of PSO on the Dreamcast and GameCube, and do it on a private server. And there were like hundreds of people still playing this. And so I got into that for a while, because PSO2, I had given up on it, right? Sega launched that thing in Japan like seven years ago, and they talked for a while about it coming to the States and about there being an English version. It never came. I completely gave up on it. Long story short, it was such a nice change of pace to do nothing on this last Saturday except for play a game that that I absolutely loved for like 11 hours straight. It was the first time I have done that in years. I just, uh, I'm very, very excited about this game, more excited than I have been about any game in probably seven to eight years. And so uh, there is no point to this little monologue of mine except to say that if you're a gamer, if you maybe enjoyed fantasy star online back in the dreamcast or gamecube days and you like a free to play kind of MMO that's like real time action and the combat is tight and nothing is progression isn't locked away and content isn't locked away because it's a free to play model and you love customizing anyway I'll, I'll shut up now keep an eye on fantasy star online 2 because i'm looking for people to play with when it comes out later this spring Thanks for, thanks for tolerating that, gang. See, before I started covering tech and way before I got into Linux, I was a game journalist. I was a game reviewer at Forbes and various other places. So I think a part of that guy still wants to poke his head out and shout about certain things that that really excite him. With that said, let's get into the discovery of the week. But let me preface that by talking about the Linux for Everyone YouTube channel just a bit. We are now at 3,100 subscribers, and I'm, I'm just completely blown away by the views and the engagement and, and the activity around the channel. And a lot of you have been asking for some features and some things for me to cover in visual form, and one of those things is actually the discovery of the week, because some of these apps and some of these these topics, I think, deserve a more visual representation. And so that's something I'm going to start doing on the channel. Uh, one of those is already up and it is about my favorite music app, Lollipop. So as time goes by, hopefully you'll you'll hear about the discovery of the week and then you'll be able to go over to the YouTube channel and actually see it in motion. Anyway, I'd love to have you join me over there on YouTube. The link is youtube.com slash for everyone. But if Google and YouTube are not quite your jam, I'm also on library, LBRY. You can find all of that content over there as well at lbry.tv slash at Linux for everyone. And I'll have a link to both of those in the show notes for this episode, episode 27. So let's get to this week's discovery. This is an app by developer Roberto Leonardi, and it is called GTK Stress Testing, or GST for short. Now those of you who really like to make your PC sweat, or those of you who might be having some uh, maybe throttling issues or temperature issues, or you just want to, at a glance, Find the detailed CPU and memory and temperature information for your system. This is the app that you want. You can run a bunch of CPU and memory-specific stress tests. You can uh, dictate how many cores of your CPU are going to run during that stress test. You can do multi- and single-core benchmarks. Uh, It shows the family, models, stepping, flags, all that CPU information that you might want. And it also shows CPU loads and CPU core temperatures in real time, as well as your CPU clocks. So you can get a lot of really, really useful information out of this. And it's all presented really nicely. It's a nice, clean window. And best of all, it's also a flat pack. So regardless of what distribution you are using, you should be able to install it and run it without any problems. Now, there is one little catch And that is that when you first fire it up, you may notice that your memory, your uh, system RAM information, is not being displayed. There should be a blue button on the top left of the window that says read all. If you click that and then enter your administrator password, then it should display that. And it'll show you, you know, the size, the speed, the type the manufacturer, and the actual part number. So, very useful app. It's called GTK Stress Testing. You can find it on Roberto's GitLab page, and you can also find it on flathub.org. And you know it, the link for this app will be in the show notes at linux4everyone.com. And you know what else? This episode of Linux for Everyone is sponsored by DigitalOcean. DigitalOcean offers the simplest, most developer-friendly cloud platform out there. It's optimized to make managing and scaling apps easy with an intuitive API, multiple storage options, integrated firewalls, load balancers, and a bunch more. You can get all of that, plus access to their world-class customer support for as low as $5 per month. And I'm a customer, and I can definitely vouch for their world-class support. Back in, I don't know when it was, late 2018, uh, a little bit into 2019, I was a complete noob and I was screwing around with trying to create a, um, a blog with the Ghost platform, and I discovered that they had a one-click install for that using Ubuntu 18.04, so I jumped on it, but I got so stuck along the way, and they were super patient and really responsive, and so it is, uh, it's definitely not a stretch for me to be recommending DigitalOcean. Another thing that's really helpful about them is they have more than 2,000 cloud agnostic tutorials to help you stay up to date with the latest open source software, languages, and frameworks. And you can get started on DigitalOcean for two months free and a $100 credit by going to do.co slash DLN. That website is do slash dln You get two months free. You get a hundred dollar credit. And thank you very much, DigitalOcean, for sponsoring this episode of Linux for Everyone. So last weekend, on February 7th, 2020, the team behind Elementary OS launched a crowdfunding campaign called App Center for Everyone. Obviously, I approve of the name, (laughs) but in all seriousness, I want to talk a little bit about this, and this is not asking you to go and support their campaign because it is already 100% funded. They tried to raise $10,000 for this. They accomplished that in less than four days, which is extraordinary. If you've been a longtime listener of this show, you'll know that this is something that Daniel Foray, the founder and CEO of Elementary OS, kind of hinted at. Uh, I think it was episode seven or episode eight when I had him on the show. Every Linux distribution has their version of a software store, something that offers nice open source and sometimes not open source software. Elementary's version of that is called the App Center. And a couple years ago, they did something quite different than what we're you know used to seeing in Linux distributions. And they opened up the platform to have independent developers create apps with elementary OS in mind. So, you know, basically giving that app the look and feel, uh, giving it a an aesthetic and functionality and behavior that makes it kind of melt right in and feel like part of elementary OS rather than an application that you just happen to install. They also allowed developers to implement a pay-what-you-want model. So if you go to the App Center and you get some of the curated apps there, you'll notice that there's a suggested price and you can pay zero or you can pay whatever you want below or above that suggested price. As it stands right now, there are about 160 of these native open source apps available on the App Center. And Elementary says they have paid out thousands of dollars to the people developing them. Now look, I'm going to be very direct with you about my opinion here. I believe that open-source software can be free, as in free beer, but it should not be an expectation. Developers deserve to get paid. If they're getting paid now, I think that they deserve to get paid more. They, they should have the, the mechanisms in place to charge for the apps they're creating. That should be an option that they have, even if that's just a pay-what-you-want model. Because when developers get paid, they can devote more energy and resources and time into their work, and they can produce a better product. And that is why Elementary has launched App Center for Everyone. And the crowdfunder, what that did is it raised $10,000 and counting for a bunch of very talented developers and UI designers to get together in Denver, Colorado, and kind of rebuild the App Center from the ground up using Flatpak and create a way for App Center to be installable with the pay-what-you-want app model on any distribution through Flathub and through through Flatpak. I think this is incredible. Now, right now, Elementary does not restrict those app developers from publishing their stuff on any other distribution on any other platform. But when they do that, they lose access to that pay-what-you-want funding model, And this is what's interesting is Daniel Foray says in the um, Indiegogo crowdfunding campaign for App Center for Everyone, he says, And they can get sidelined by our competitors' focus on catering to big brand name apps. So much shade. Now, sure, these developers can publish their apps on other distributions and other platforms, and they can get some visibility that way, and and a small percentage of people can make donations. But I truly believe that there, there's a there's a marketing and and almost psychological aspect to the way that this works. Now, if you remember my interview with uh, with Daniel back in episode seven or eight. He explained how when elementary OS changed from a pay-what-you-want model for the distro itself and actually implemented a suggested price, even though you could still enter zero, their revenue went up tenfold. And so it's that same kind of mechanism that they're incorporating here for these app developers, and I am I am excited for the day when I can install App Center on Ubuntu or Arch or Zorin or Pop OS, and get these apps that I like on Elementary, or you know check out these new apps that are now available across the entire Linux ecosystem, and have the have the ability to throw the developer a dollar or two right from the App Center. So if you want to check out more about the App Center for Everyone initiative. Um, and again, I think this is important regardless of whether you use elementary OS or not. I think this is a, a solid move for the entire Linux ecosystem. I love that elementary OS is kind of paving new roads here. You can check it out at Indiegogo or there are links, of course, at elementary.io and on elementary's uh, various social media accounts. And I'll have a link to the uh, Indiegogo campaign in the show notes for this episode. And since this is a completely random kind of episode so far, uh, I wanted to throw out there that KDE Plasma 5.18 just came out today, and there's a video that the KDE community has posted on YouTube, and it shows a feature that I think is a really solid move, There is a user feedback tab in the Plasma system settings, and that lets you help KDE improve Plasma by contributing certain information on how you use it. And it's kind of granular, which is neat. So you can leave it on disabled, and I'm pretty sure it's disabled by default, or you can send KDE basic system information. So that's like application version, compiler info, platform information, etc., the next level up is basic system information and usage statistics. So it builds on that by sharing your usage time and launch count. And the next level up from that builds on the previous two levels, but it sends your locale information, your OpenGL information, uh, panel count, screen dimensions, things like that. Anyway, it's one of what seems like a ton of of new features and refinements and improvements to KDE Plasma. And I appreciate it because you know what? I have no problem sending out my system information, having some telemetry going out there to the developers if I trust the developers and if it's being used to improve the product that I enjoy. So kudos KDE team and uh I will have some probably some impressions of KDE 5.18 because I've been looking forward to it based on my experience when I compared KDE 5.17 to XFCE. Uh, that was a really eye-opening sort of little mini adventure that I went on because it it showed how lean KDE has become and not this this bloated desktop environment that uh, that I think a lot of people still view it as. By now hopefully you have heard episode 26 Lana tries Linux Ubuntu edition in which Terminal Girl gave some very unfiltered, very direct uh, criticism and thoughts about her first time using Ubuntu in 12 years, her first time using Linux in 12 years. To everyone who gave us feedback on all the various platforms that the show exists on, thank you very much. Uh, We've both been reading those comments, and I wanted to let you know that you control Lana's fate. Right now, there is a poll on Twitter. That's twitter.com slash Linux, the number four, everyone. And there is a poll in our Telegram community. That is t.me slash Linux, the number four, everyone. And I have chosen three distributions those are the possibilities that uh, that Lana will be trying next time, as well as introducing some new challenges, like she'll be installing this distro on her own this time around. Those three distributions are... Linux Mint Cinnamon Edition, Zorin OS, and Farin OS. So head over to the Twitter account Fire up Telegram and cast your vote. I will kind of look at the the median result between these two outcomes. And I'll announce it on episode 28, and then we will get Lana started. The Insomnia Radio Podcast. Kill your FM. And that was how Insomnia Radio, an indie music podcast that I produced and hosted 15 years ago began. And for those of you who follow my personal account on Twitter, at Kill Your FM, now you know where that handle comes from. I know not a lot of you listened to episode zero of Linux for Everyone, but I talked a bit about my my kind of love and obsession for uh, podcasting and how it started with Insomnia Radio way, way, way back in the day. And something that was very special about doing that show was following the progress of the artists that I played, you know, the the new albums coming out, and the just watching their their popularity and their quality and their uh, overall musicianship improve, and so th- that was that was really special to me. And now, one of the bands that I played way back, way 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 back, was Lorenzo's music. Let me play a clip of me introducing one of their new songs. From 13 years ago. All right. um, The last track I've got for you is actually a scratch track, fresh out of the studio from Tom Ray at Lorenzo's Music, and I'm really excited about this because uh, I've I've been following them since Insomnia Radio started almost, and um, I just feel really privileged to be able to to feature something that's not even mixed down yet, not even uh, I mean, just right out of the studio. So, this is from their upcoming album. Uh, I don't know what the album name is yet. I'm not sure if they do either. Tom, correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, this is called After All by Lorenzo's Music. Enjoy it. So, before I started Linux for Everyone, but after I had switched my coverage to Linux over at Forbes, Tom Ray of Lorenzo's Music, he got in touch with me and uh, told me about their new stuff and said, yeah, we did the whole thing using Ubuntu Studio, all open source, even the music videos, the blogging, every every aspect of it. And that got me so excited. And then later on, one of their tracks uh, was featured on this Songs from the Source segment. And so I'm really happy to do that again, because I love I love that I've been able to Anyway, I'm sorry. I just get really excited about this because I've I've known these guys for like 15 years. So they have a new EP out. It just came out this last weekend. It is called Spaghetti Midwestern. And it's kind of a twist on those old spaghetti western themes that that you may recall hearing on those old black and white movies. But anyway, it's called Spaghetti Midwestern. It's a four-track EP. And just like the last one, this was recorded, completely produced, mixed, everything using open-source software and Ubuntu Studio. The icing on the cake is that all of their music is produced under a Creative Commons license. So here is the track, Just in Case, by Lorenzo's Music. You can find them at lorenzosmusic.com. And a big thank you once again to DigitalOcean for sponsoring this episode. And don't forget to check out Linux for Everyone videos over on YouTube and Library. I will see you in a week. For episode 28. Until then, take care and take care of each other. so much more. It will be better just like